It's time for the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Michael is a speaker, author of two best-selling books, and the president of three financial companies. He's also a frequent guest on national media outlets such as CNBC, Fox Business, and Bloomberg. His passion is to help you live well in retirement. This is the Wealth and Health Show. Welcome in, everyone, to the Wealth and Health Show. Again, I'm your host, Michael Wall, and we're excited to share some new things this week that is uh, really a topic that's been around actually for quite some time, but something that can be uncomfortable to discuss. And obviously, we're one of the only shows in America that's really designed to bring both the wealth and the health side of life together, bringing things from different CEOs to professionals in different industries, as well as advanced tax planning topics and tips, as well as financial things, just to help you and, and really help us all live well as we live life in retirement. We're joined today with a special guest. His name is Paul Hamilton. Paul is the president of Long-Term Care Advisors, and uh, he's actually been in the field since 1998. I've been blessed to have some interaction with Paul uh, in a while back, just talking about long-term care and some different things. And Paul, welcome to the show today. Uh, thanks for having me on, Mike. Yeah, it's going to be going to be a great show. We're also joined as well by Danny. She's going to be joining us as a co-host just to share some thoughts and things. But Paul, let me ask you, I know you have been in the industry for quite some time. Maybe share with us a little bit of your story, background of how you kind of entered in or joined in the industry. Well, you know, it goes back. It's interesting. You know, we, we are all kind of led to our careers in different ways. And I grew up with uh, a mother that was actually working in that industry. She was actually a, uh, a nurse that worked with seniors. And mm. so I actually went to an adult daycare a couple of days a week after school and, and interacted with people and found that that was, uh, you know, really gratifying. And they also had snacks there. So I thought that was, <laughs> you know, it was, uh, it was good as a kid. And so I, I kind of um, naturally gravitated to this when I was in the insurance industry. It was kind of a topic that was near and dear to my heart. And, you know, I had some grandparents there that needed care. And I think, we, you know, we probably all have stories along the lines of care, people in our lives that we've known that have needed care. And that's kind of what happened to me. And my grandparents needed care. And uh, I saw really what it did in terms of the drain on my mom and dad, but, but also the financial pieces. And I think, you know, we'll probably get into that today of, you know, the impact of, of this is not just financial and it's emotional but it can it can last for generations because it can take away money that you know hey I could have used that money instead of my grandparents giving it to the nursing home so oh absolutely you know Paul that and it's interesting I had a little bit of a similar story and you know folks I'll tell you most of us out there probably know someone that has experienced long term care or needed long term care and, you know a lot of times when we think of long term care and you think of nursing homes but that's not necessarily what it is all about in fact. Long-term care is actually oftentimes given in, in many other places other than that. Isn't that right, Paul? Well, it certainly is. And I think that that's, you know, the scary topic, like you said at the top, is that, you know, when we bring up the, the word long-term care, most people, you know, we don't want to talk about that because it's really usually tied to end-of-life issues. And yet, um, nursing home is not really where most of the care is, is given. Uh, when you think about it, there's about 10 million people that need long-term care every day in this country, and about 1.7 million of them are in the nursing home. The rest are outside of there, and they're wow. needing home health care. Because most of us, if we wanted to have care, I'm guessing we'd want to stay in our home. Is that right? <laughs> I would think so. I don't know, Danny, you want to stay in your home someday? or you're... I would much rather be in my home than in a nursing home, Mike, so absolutely. Uh, yeah. But, uh, Paul, tell us what kind of other, other than nursing homes and home care, what, what else does this long-term care insurance apply to? 
a good question, and we've probably all driven down the road and seen these fancy places that look like uh, hotels coming up, and those are assisted living centers, and and those are places where we can stay, and you know they have restaurants, and even some of them have you know bars and things, and great places to socialize. So we're not you know isolated. <laughs> so sometimes if we are alone, sounds like a fun country club there you're you're describing, not necessarily a, a community. <laughs> I, I actually might want to go there now, Mike. Yeah, is there availability <laughs> there, or how's that work? Well, some of them are pretty darn nice, and and that's really going, you know, that's where most people want to be, and and it's really, uh, and we'll talk about it, you know, there's going to be problems financing this stuff down the road, and I'm mm-hmm. guessing that the people that don't have the means aren't going to be able to go to those places. We're going to be more relegated to some government-type style facilities that I'm sure won't have the bar and the restaurant. You know that the government does a really good job of taking care of us. We appreciate that. You know, folks, I'll tell you, one of the things, one of the reasons I wanted to have Paul on, I actually had some experience myself. Most of you, if you've listened to us before or seen me other places, know that we've had the opportunity to kind of help folks with their wealth through a variety of different companies, Wall Financial Group, Retire Well, Wall Lasseter and Company. And long-term care has always kind of been a part of the philosophy as well. You know, it's interesting. I actually grew up in my mom's mother, my grandmother needed care. My grandfather needed care as well. And, you know, it's just one of those things that kind of catch you by surprise. And as Paul, as, as Paul mentioned, it's something you don't really ever want to discuss. So I thought, you know, what a great guest to have on being Paul and, you know, really one of the largest uh, insurance marketing organizations in the country. So they really have a lot of exposure, a lot of experience with agents and different resources all throughout the country to help people with that need. And Paul, let, let me ask you this. What would you say in relation to long-term care is maybe one of the biggest misconceptions that you see out there? from folks who are looking at long-term care? Because obviously long-term care insurance isn't necessarily the only option or the right option all the time. What do you see out there when it comes to long-term care? Well, I think the number one thing is, is that we, the people need to realize is that we need to have a plan. I think you're, you know, you're a big advocate in planning, right? I mean, we're talking about retirement. We're talking about putting things together. And I think that we don't, the misconception is, is that a lot of people don't realize they already have a plan. And their plan mm. is, is that if they don't do something, they're going to spend their own money. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so, you know, most people don't want to talk about this subject. There's only about 12% of the population that owns long-term care insurance. And that, like you said, that's not the only option. But we need to have a plan in place. And it, ta- it, need, it starts with discussing this stuff. And you got to keep it, you know, in perspective. It can be really a downer talking about it. But... Mm. We need to have those dialogues with our with our spouse, with our family members, and you know what are we going to do if this happens? And you know one of the questions Mike throw out: What's the first asset that you're going to liquidate if you need long term care? Now, Paul, do you find that a lot of people have the misconception that their regular health care insurance is going to cover all of these long term care needs for them? Well, I think that's one of the things that lull people into not doing anything is, is exactly that, Danny, is that Medicare, Medicare, when long-term care insurance was born back in the, in the 70s, it was out of the necessity that Medicare didn't cover long-term care. And that's the misconception still is that we probably think that with our health insurance or Medicare that we have coverage for this. And all of those insurances are designed to get you better, to cover curative when you're recovering and getting better. The problem is is that long-term care by definition is custodial care. It's just things where you're needing help with the activities of daily living, the stuff we do when we wake up in the morning. 
bathing, dressing, toileting, transferring, continence, and eating. One of the things that I've seen, I know, Paul, you've probably seen this. I know, Danny, you've seen this as well in life is, you know, oftentimes we know it's important to prepare in advance for things. I know, obviously, when we sit down and we do a holistic financial overview for clients so they can live well in any economy, we're not just looking at what's going on with their assets and where their money should be evaluated or invested, but also, you know, what's happening with the whole picture of their life, really a comprehensive approach. Because, you know, one of the things I wanted to kind of tune in on there, you said earlier, what's the first asset that you're going to sell or get rid of or liquidate, whether it be an investment account or a real estate property or whatever it may be in order to take care of this cost. I'm a big believer of the fact, you know, I love I love some of the Proverbs. There's one, Proverbs 13, 20, and it says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get into trouble, <laughs> you know? And, uh, you know, I think it's right. something where it's really important to seek out wisdom and the right guidance on this issue because, you know, when it comes to doing that, I think, Paul, you hit hit the nail there to one degree, and that is, you know, a lot of people don't think of it that way. You know, if they don't have or if they haven't taken steps to really dive into this, they really have made a decision. And that decision, folks, is to protect against this on, on your own. And one of our goals, obviously, in, uh, with the show, with the Wealth and Health Show, is to really guide you so that way you can live well in any economy and as you live life. You've worked too long and too hard for what you have. So we want to be bringing not only inspirational thoughts and ideas, but success stories from other entrepreneurs that have made it, but also the idea of how to protect against all these different facets of life. And, you know, for me, that that becomes really important. So at any time as we're going through uh, with the show, if you have any questions about anything or looking for any additional information, please feel free to visit leanonthewall.com. Just like you're leaning on the wall, we've kind of created that as a hub of information. If you have additional questions, you can also send an email to info, that's I-N-F-O, at leanonthewall.com. And Paul, let me ask you, what do you find is most common when that question's asked? You know, what's the first asset that you're going to use to pay for the care? What, what is the response you typically see? What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? You know, they're, they're not sure. Most people don't realize that that's our plan right now, is that mm. we'd have to sell something. And then they start thinking. And, you know, it's... Then, then reality hits that we'd actually have to liquidate something because, you know, we're talking about some serious dollars when if we, hopefully it's 30 years down the road that we might need care if we're at, let's say, 50 years old, 55 years old, or whatever age we are. But if we're at that age, the, the costs are going to be substantially more. And so if we're talking about liquidating $200,000, $300,000 asset, and especially if it's in a down market or whatever, well, that could be devastating. When we take a look at this, one of the things we know is really the idea of repositioning risk. You know, most of the folks that are listening to this show are going to be the higher net worth type clientele. Typically, if you're not out there, then we want to give you strategies to be able to get in that arena. But most people in that arena understand the idea of transitioning risk. And I want you to hang tight with us because the next segment we're going to come up and we're actually going to discuss the different options of how to take care of this risk should it come to your door. What can we do? What's available? What are the options? And again, at any time, if you have questions, feel free to visit leanonthewall.com and we'll be right back after this you're listening to the wealth and health show with michael wall this is the wealth and health show with michael wall 
Well, welcome back, folks, to the Wealth and Health Show, where we're discussing the topic of long-term care and how it really affects us in life, what are the options to take care of it, and, and what are some of the things that we need to be aware of so we can really continue to live well in, in any economy. And again, it's the idea of the fact that a lot of people don't know what they want because they don't know what's available. You know, it's a big phrase that I love to use because it's just so true. It rings so true. And we see that so often in life is oftentimes we're making decisions based on what's available to us now. But sometimes what's available to us, the information may not necessarily be in the best interest of us. And so the whole idea here is to kind of get a well-rounded approach, a comprehensive view of what is available. This is a, a significant risk out there, so we want to discuss it and talk about it. We're joined by Paul Hamilton, which is the owner, really president of Long-Term Care Advisors, one of the largest long-term care advisor insurance and, and different things organizations in the country, has a lot of experience, been in the industry since 1998, and just a lot of agents that he's been able to train and, and connect with and teach over the years. So uh, we're discussing that. We're talking about the idea of shifting and transitioning risk. And we wanted to just take a minute this segment and talk about why people need care, the idea of living longer and uh, what all that looks like. And Paul, help us understand that a little bit more and why it's kind of more of an issue long-term care is today than it was even 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. You know, Mike, when you think about it, life expectancies really didn't get past 65 until about 50 years ago, if you can believe that. Hmm. And so that's really why this is a, a newer issue to, to all of us, is that it used to be grandma and grandpa could, you know, we were, were living closer and, and grandma and grandpa maybe could move in with us or the family could help. But, you know, there's a lot of dynamics that have changed in it with families. But also people are living longer now. And so we're into our average life expectancy is in the mid-70s, but the 100-year-old demographic is the fastest growing. So... You know, your show, Health and Wealth, we're talking, you know, people are taking care of their health and they're living longer, but not necessarily healthier. And so when we get to age 85, the Alzheimer's Association talks about that about 50% of the people have dementia or Alzheimer's. So as this whole demographic, this baby boomers crowd comes into that age group, we are going to have huge problems with availability of caregivers and just facilities in general to deal with this. And we know that right now there's what, I, I think, Paul, I read some statistics, there's around 10,000 people a day that are retiring. Is that, does that sound right? Yeah, I think that's what I've heard, 10,000 a day uh, turning 65. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So, I mean, that's that's a huge number. And, you know, again, this boomer generation that you discussed is really the largest generation in the country. A lot of you that are listening to this right now, you're probably part of that generation. I, I know, Danny, you're almost that generation, right? <laughs> that's a joke. <laughs> Mike, just because you're past that generation. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Fun me. That is also a joke. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, it is something where, you know, anytime there's something new, like like you mentioned, Paul, I thought that's an interesting statistic, you know, where people, you know, didn't live past 60, the age of 65 until a little over 50 years ago. And that's it's amazing. You know, we think about how fast things move. You know, I remember just 10, 15 years ago, a cell phone was just very uncommon. I mean, <laughs> you know, people were using the old Zach Morris phones, the big bag phone, <laughs> you know, and all that. And now the technology is such that they say a lot of our cell phones have more technologies than some of the, you know, first space shuttles. So it's just amazing how fast things move because the demographics of the way our economies move. You know, we have more women in the workforce today, not necessarily a bad thing, but, you know, women primarily in the past were caregivers. And that's just kind of the way that was. And now they're working. So that's not an option. A lot of kids go to college and they're spread out across the country. So this becomes an option to say, okay, 
you know, what can we do now because we didn't have these issues in the past? Is there anything else in addition to that, Paul, that you're seeing that's really causing this to be a, an issue that people really need to deal with? Well, I think, you know, one of the things that I think people are surprised when they learn is that the likelihood of needing long-term care in their life, because we may not have experienced it. You and I have both had family members that have had to receive care, but, you know, you may run into somebody who has never had that experience, right? That's Mm. certainly possible. But when we look at statistics, you can just go to a website called longtermcare.gov, which is a government site, and they project that based on statistics that about 70% of us, by the time we turn, if we are age 65 or older, will need long-term care in our lives. That's a big risk. I don't know any other risk that's really any bigger than that. I'm certainly uh, thinking about our car insurance or health insurance. We're not, I don't think that's the same odds as what we're talking about with long-term care. And yet most of us have not thought about addressing that risk. Yeah, I know, you know, one of the things that I'm not sure if the numbers are exactly the same today, but I know just a few years ago, it was, you know, the chances of, you know, wrecking your car, your house burning down really was much, much less, even the the risk of needing health care itself, you know, going to the doctor and that sort of thing. So maybe let's define what is long-term care. I know it's 90 days or more typically, and you need help with two of the six ADLs, which, which we mentioned. But what are some of the ways that we can transfer this risk, Paul? You know, a lot of the clients that we work with, the reason they become wealthy is because they understand the value of repositioning and positioning money in such a way that they are going to have other people kind of take care of their problems and their needs. And, you know, we see it all the time of just defraying risk. Why would you not do that? I mean, life insurance is a great way, a great example where a lot of the wealthy will use it as a way to, you know, really transition wealth from generation to generation and also minimize taxation. By the way, folks, we're going to be talking about taxes and how it affects long-term care and some of the really neat tax deductions towards the end of the show, so you're going to want to hang around for that. But Paul, help us out with understanding what are some ways that people can protect this risk? What are some things they can do? Well, really, we have, when you think about this risk, just to keep it real simple, there's four things. There's four ways to address the risk. And really, we have, the first way is that you're really going to pay for it yourself. Some people say, okay, I've saved all this money. I'm just, I'm comfortable with paying for this out of my pocket. And that's fine. That would be one way to do it. The other way is, is to rely on government programs. And, you know, most of the people are not going to be eligible for Medicaid. Medicaid is the welfare program. If we're single, we need to be down to about $2,000 in assets. If we're married, we can keep a little bit more. But the bottom line is that's the payer of last resort. And that's where we lose a lot of our options where we're kind of relegated to a lot of the government-type facilities. So the other option is family and friends. Mike, you could turn, if, if those kids would get a little bit older, you could turn to them, right? And uh, you could say, hey, kid. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're exactly. I'm sure they do, I'm sure they do a great job of taking care of me, Paul. The other option is to transfer some or all of that risk to an insurance company. And there's different ways to do that. We can look at transferring it to a traditional long-term care insurance policy, We can look at it, transferring it to maybe a more of a hybrid policy where we're leveraging some life insurance along with long-term care. But there are ways to look at that and address and say that I'm okay with paying some of the risk, but I don't want to pay it all. And I think that's where most people are at today is saying, okay, it makes sense. If we're having this conversation, I need to do something. What's the next step? 
Yeah, and you know, that's the interesting thing, folks, is, you know, really looking at this is, is taking steps. You know, you don't move forward in life by standing still. And obviously that sounds like it makes sense. We know it makes sense. But unfortunately, because we can be scared of, you know, knowing what to do or where to go or, you know, kind of what that looks like, we can sometimes be in a place where we just kind of stand still. So, you know, getting the right information to help you make good decisions is what matters. And that's really the goal of this show today. And, you know, for me, one of the re recaps I caught there, Paul, you know, the idea of they can either pay for it themselves, utilize Medicaid, which most folks are not going to do because they're not going to liquidate down that low. But that's an option if you just don't have any assets at all. And by the way, you know, one of the things that we found, folks, is it's really become more challenging today. It used to be such that you could reposition assets in such a way you know, kind of give money to family members or do different things, you know, in trust or all these different things where you could kind of get assets out of your ownership so that way you could qualify for Medicaid. But a lot of the rules and laws have changed today. You know, the look back period, I believe, is still five years, isn't it, Paul? Yeah, it's five years on the look back period. And there's uh, legislation and talk about extending that because we have this huge baby boomer wave coming. There is no way to really have them all go on to Medicaid. It wouldn't work. Yeah, absolutely. It's just not going to happen. The money's not there. I mean, the government doesn't do a great job of spending the monies that they have already. It's not theirs. Obviously, it's ours, but they're doing poorly at that. So another increased cost isn't going to work. And, you know, the other option is family, you know, utilizing family to take care of us. And, you know, I know that's one thing that we experienced is, you know, do you really want your family, close family to take care of you? I think, you know, it's important to really be thinking about if somebody's coming there and you have family members there, I would much rather have my family be involved and just kind of enjoying the time of the visit coming to see me as opposed to, you know, feeling obligated and burdened to take care of them. And quite honestly, folks, you know, you can see it in your own life. A lot of times it's not even a reality because the kids work and it's just not possible. So and then the last solution, really, a lot of times, which makes sense is long term care, long term care insurance. And that is can be taken care of in a variety of different ways from a traditional policy to hybrid plans and you know, that sort of thing. But I want to be shifting here for the next segment. We're going to talk about a variety of different things, specifically to long-term care, talking about taxation as well in the future. You're not going to want to miss it. We're going to talk about some little-known facts and costs in relation to the care and, and what to expect in the future for long-term care as a whole. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. This is the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Well, welcome back in, everyone, to the Wealth and Health Show as we're discussing the topic of long-term care and really how it affects us not only with our wealth and our health as time moves along in our future. You know, the ultimate goal is for us to help you, as you listen to this, be able to live well in retirement and in the economy and really protect against risks that are out there that are kind of sometimes misunderstood or really not dived into the way they should be. And so we want to really bring experts onto the show to help you in different topics, understand these things, as well as different professionals in the industry that are in a variety of different industries that are quite entertaining, that have been successful. Long-Term Care Advisors is uh, a company actually out west, Minneapolis is where they're, they're based. And Paul Hamilton is the president of that company. He's been in the industry since 1998. And we're talking about a variety of different things. And Paul, tell us uh, little known facts, I guess about long-term care that people might have misconceptions about. What do you see out there in addition, misconceptions, and some things to consider as well, Paul? Let's talk about that as far as what should people consider when looking at getting long-term care or protecting themselves, I should say. Well, I think one of the misconceptions is that this is nursing home insurance. And I think that that really scares a lot of us is that I don't want to go to the nursing home. 
but I think that you don't. You don't want to go to the nursing home. Come on, Paul. I, I, I'm not into it. I, you know, I don't mind. <laughs> I mean, I've heard it's. But, I've heard they're a great place. Uh, you know, they have parcheesi every other night. <laughs> it is great. Only for people in your age bracket, Mike. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They, you know, it is. Uh, it is. It is not exciting on that end. Not wing. I mean, not to make light of it, because folks, I'll tell you, it is definitely a, an emotional time of life. So the goal is not to make light of that. It's just the idea of. You know, saying, okay, what is the best way to take care of this? But continue, Paul. Nursing home, most people yeah. believe it's that. I agree. What is the reality? Well, the reality is is that most of us will not end up in the nursing home. Most of us will end up in a different type of situation, whether it be assisted living centers that are very nice, where we could stay with our spouse and still get all the services that we might need. Also, home health care. Why in the world would we want to go anywhere if we don't have to? We just want to stay in our own home and bring people in to help us. And then that way the spouse can you know, be there to support us. The family can come over and you know, still interact with us, but they're not the ones doing the day-to-day because that's where it really burns people out. But the statistics on it is, is about 20% of the people will hit the nursing home. 80% will not. 80% of us will not even go there. Wow. So that's great news. But it doesn't mean that we're, ne- we're going to be exempt from needing care. About 70% of us are going to need care. Now, the question that always comes up, Mike, is that, you know, well, how long? How long am I going to need care? What, what are the averages? And, you know, that is the million-dollar question. I wish if you had the crystal ball, you could tell people, right, here's what we need to plan for because this is how long you're going to be there. <laughs> but, you know, my ball is not made of crystal. So uh, I don't think I don't, I don't think we can use that. But if you have one of those, let me know, and I'd be happy to uh, uh, borrow it from time to time. <laughs> the uh, the average on this, just to give you guys a um, a picture of it, is that about seventeen percent of the people that need long term care will need it less than a year. Okay, so it'll be a, you know less than a year. That's still going to be a pretty significant amount of money. One to two years is about twelve percent. Two to five years about 20% of the people, and fortunately, only about 20% of us will go longer than five years. And usually those claims or care situations are to do with Alzheimer's disease or a cognitive impairment where our bodies are you know, pretty healthy, but our minds are, are not. And then 30%, the remaining 30% will not need care. Hopefully we'll just pass away and we never need any of this. Yeah, wow, that's it's amazing when you break that down because you know it really allows you to say you know this isn't just nursing home. This is and Paul, what are the statistics? I heard something out there the under the age of sixty five isn't it around forty percent? Help us with that. What are the numbers? I mean, this just isn't something where you know people that are older need this. I mean, it might be something where you know, God forbid, you're in in an automobile accident or you have a wreck or you're out there, you know professional skiing and you, <laughs> you know, whatever you're doing, but you know, something happens there, you know, as you're out there, I know, Paul, you like to probably hella ski a lot, right? <laughs> Kidding, of course. <laughs> but what do you see I, uh, out there I mean, well, for younger yeah, folks? Well, that's the thing. It, it is interesting when you look at the statistics, about 43% of the people that need long-term care are under the age of 65. Hmm. And that's just hard for us to get our hands around. But it is all these accidents and you know, there's illnesses and debilitating things that, that come on with MS and things like that. So it is a, a younger issue as well. And then when we get older, obviously, it, it is a big issue because we, you know, deteriorate and we may need some help. There's nothing that we can really do about that. So you've got both fronts. You've got the younger people and the older people. And the, the key is, is to, if we want to get into long-term care insurance, we need to qualify. We need to actually health qualify. And the best time to get it is when we're healthy. 
Now, Paul, I'm on your site here, longtermcareadvisors.com. And by the way, folks, if you have any questions about long-term care or you know whether or not it's right for you or what are the options, not just the insurance, but just in general, I hope it's okay, Paul, to give out your website, longtermcareadvisors.com. Great resource, a lot of information. Obviously, if you have any additional questions, you're welcome to contact us at leanonthewall.com, just like you're leaning on the wall, leanonthewall.com, or send an email to info, I-N-F-O, at leanonthewall.com. But I'm on your site here, and I see Choose Your Plan. Obviously, I know there's a lot of different types of plans. Some of them are integrated with life insurance and long-term care and kind of an investment type thing, kind of all-in-one. And then there's a lot of folks have heard of that. And then there's also just the traditional long-term care insurance policies where, you know, it's kind of just a, uh, you pay a premium and, you know, if you need the care, you get it. If you don't need it, you know, the, the coverage kind of goes away, which quite honestly, folks, just so we know, when we look at transferring risk, that's really what happens with a lot of our other insurances anyways, if you think about it. I mean, you know, the only time we are able to use our homeowner's insurance is if we have a house that burns down or, or has a, have a house fire. Hopefully that doesn't happen, but that's the reality. Same way with automobile insurance. You know, the only time you get to use your automobile insurance is if you wreck your car. You know, your automobile insurance company isn't going to show up 30 years from now and say, thank you so much for being a client for the last 30 years. Here's a check for all your, you know, your <laughs> premiums that you paid. Uh, we want to give you all your money back because you never had a wreck. So, you know, similar to this, it's obviously a little bit more expensive sometimes. The cost can be a little bit higher, but it's the idea of transitioning risk. And Paul, I want to give you a minute to think about this while I share the, the idea of choosing your plan. What What should folks look for? I know when we look at it, we typically look at clients and you know that are higher net worth type clientele and as we're working with them and creating a comprehensive financial plan to protect and grow the wealth in any economy one of the things we're looking at is the idea of okay this is a risk we must talk about it it doesn't mean necessarily that insurance is the way to cover it but let's discuss it and i know that we typically have a formula where if the portfolio is of certain value you know several million or more you know we're in a situation where sometimes what they'll do is they'll just do a traditional plan you know, pay a premium and get a coverage based on what their needs are or, or what their family history. You know, a lot of that is important in, in relation to creating a plan as well. Or sometimes we'll just go ahead and do a, I call it a repositioning of assets where we'll take a piece of one pie and use it to reposition to be this type of an investment where it's an investment, life insurance and long-term care kind of all wrapped up into one. So there's a lot of different ways to take care of this. Paul, what have you seen when it says choose your plan? Who are the leaders in the industry right now that you're seeing? I know there's several companies that we work with through the Wall Financial Group side as we help clients with that. What are you seeing out there as far as the industry leaders and some precursors for people to help them decide what type of plan should they have? Well, there's a lot of different variables there. So first of all, there's different carriers in this industry. Yeah. And you know some of them would be you know, Genworth Financial, one of the biggest players in long-term care. They've been around since the 70s, and they really started, that book of business really started this whole industry. There's John Hancock. There's Mutual of Omaha. A lot of, you know, big-name companies in this industry. But there's different concepts within this industry, too. So like you said, Mike, there's the traditional, where that's probably the biggest leverage for your dollar. You're paying a smaller premium, just like any other insurance premium that you'd pay, and you're getting a larger leverage. But like any other insurance, the people that don't use it are subsidizing the people that do use it. That's the concept of insurance, right? It's not prepaying, it's insuring. The other idea is to use some type of an asset-based product. And that's a, another one that you alluded to there would be more of a life insurance. Let's say we, uh, that's more maybe along a three-to-one leverage where if I put 100000 in, I have $300,000 for long-term care in case I need it. 
okay? So there's different concepts. But I think the key in all of this is to have the conversation of, how am I going to handle this? What do I want to do? And make sure that we have a plan in place because most people are going into this blind. We're just keeping our head in the sand and we're hoping that long-term care doesn't happen to us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and folks, if you have questions about long-term care in general, obviously feel free to contact us. But a great place and a great resource as well is Paul's website. The company there is longtermcareadvisors.com. And on top there, on the top right, when you go to that site, you'll see there's a little place where you can click. It says, get your free LTC guide. I'm going to encourage you to go ahead and click on that to give yourself the opportunity to at least learn a little bit more about this industry in general. And Paul, is there a preference one to another? I know, you know, for us, typically the higher net worth clients, you know, one of the things a lot of times we'll position it as is we'll say, you know what, let's carve out a piece of the asset. And really how you should be looking at your portfolio or assets anyways, folks, is really you should be looking at it as though you are the CEO of your company, whether it's 5 million, 10 million, 100 million, doesn't matter with the value of your portfolio, the value of your estate, so to speak. You should be looking at this as though you are the CEO of that company. And obviously, if you are not the one that wants to protect and grow those assets, you need to find answers and solutions. You need to get advice. You're only as good as the advice you're getting. And sometimes people are getting the wrong advice for the wrong stage of life. So you know, it's important to make sure the advice you're getting is appropriate for the stage of life you're in. Obviously, that's why with our firms, we specifically work with folks who are typically 45, 50 plus higher net worth type clientele, and it allows us to be able to bring strategies to the table that are appropriate for them. But what have you seen, Paul, as far as momentum in the industry, as far as traditional coverage, you know, where you just pay a premium for a plan versus asset-based coverage, where it kind of includes a few things in one? Well, I think the traditional long-term care has uh, been the backbone of this whole planning process. And then from there, we've evolved into other ideas because there's, there are other ways to actually take some money out of different vehicles with Patient Protection Act of 2010 the, uh, that went into effect 2010 that allows us to maybe pull some dollars from different places on a tax-favored basis to actually pay for some of this stuff. Hmm. So the leverage products have been gaining momentum and they've been you know evolving and, and becoming much more competitive and and better benefits inside for long-term care so i think that the conversation is great to have about how can we address this issue can we take some of the assets off the table and move them into this type of thing and if we never need long-term care we get them all back you know folks what paul said there as far as repositioning take some off the table you know, that's one of the things that we look at when we're designing a comprehensive plan. If this if this matters for the firms that we have that way, you know, really looking at your portfolio as a business, right? So if you're in a situation where you're the CEO of that company and you have some risks, it's your job to take care of the risks to that company. And by utilizing the company and maybe some of the revenue coming in, call it interest, dividends, distributions, whatever, you can use that and really shift off that risk to... Uh, someone else, in this case called an insurance company, where you can let them take that risk and you don't need to worry about it anymore so you can go and, and do what you want to do with the assets that you have. So that's a great way to do it. And one of the things we want to talk about next segment, I don't want you to miss it. We're going to wrap it up here with the idea of taxation. You know, everybody loves to pay taxes, right? <laughs> Danny knows that, right? She's involved with Wall Lassner and Company, and, and they're involved with uh, helping clients save significant dollars in taxes, several hundred thousand dollar a year incomes or more. But next segment, we're going to be talking about the idea of long-term care insurance or long-term options, and what does it look like in relation to how do we save money in taxes? 
Also, some of those new things that uh, Paul touched on just briefly there, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into the partnership plan with the different states. What does that mean to you in relation to protecting your assets and how does that all work? But stay tuned for the next segment. We're going to get into that and we'll be with you just a few. You're listening to The Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. This is The Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Welcome back, folks, to The Wealth and Health Show, where we're here with a special guest, Paul Hamilton. He is the president of Long-Term Care Advisors out of Minneapolis, one of the largest uh, FMOs or really firms in the country that offer a variety of different types of long-term care insurance coverage through really different agents and advisors across the country that utilize their services for education and just as a channel of, of ways to get this protection. And, you know, we were talking about the idea of taxation and how do you deduct in taxes with this? Obviously, taxes are a big deal. And, you know, we're coming up here to tax time. Of course, tax time is really all year anymore, you know, depending on whether you pay it quarterlies or whether you extend your return or whether you do it by April 15th. But taxes are important. Obviously, long-term care insurance is something that we want to try and avoid if we can as far as uh, paying too much. And we'll talk about how to design the right plan for you. So we want to design the right plan, the right insurance that fits your needs correctly. But when it comes to taxation and those premiums, Danny, I know that you see that from time to time on tax returns as far as people having the ability to deduct those premiums. And I know you had some thoughts on that. Absolutely, Mike. And you may, you did make a good point. It is tax time. But for our clients, hopefully, that are being proactive, it's tax time all year long. And uh, as Paul had mentioned earlier, really being proactive, especially with this long-term care insurance as well, has benefited some of our clients uh, as far as a deduction. And Paul, could you give us a little insight as to uh, what type of tax deduction this provides? Yes, there are, you know, some, in- the basic incentive is with being a medical expense. So I'd say you could lump it in with your health insurance and other expenses like that. And if you hit the 10% threshold, anything above that, you know, you can deduct it on your federal. And that's usually not the greatest. Most people don't end up getting that deduction. But they may qualify if you're self-employed, and a lot of us are. Then that can be thrown in as a 100% deduction with our uh, health insurance deduction there. Or more and more of us have HSAs. We have a uh, health savings account associated with our health insurance, and that way we can pull premiums right out of there and have those at 100% deduction as well. And that's a wide uh, variety of people that qualify for HSA deductions. That's interesting. So people can actually be in a situation where they can protect this risk but also take it as a full tax deduction. And, you know, folks, that's the beauty of it is you're in a situation. I know we see that when we do some different planning for folks that depending on what we decide is right for them or they decide is correct as we go through all the details and, you know, that sort of thing. We're in a situation where we've seen that, you know, the premiums can be deducted. So what that does is it really allows us to be in a situation where, you know, the cost of the care really is kind of less per se than it, than it actually is. Because, you know, if you're in the 30% or highest bracket, 39 or 25 or, we you know, whatever bracket you're in and you have that deduction, well, now you're actually paying 30 to 40% per se less in cost, if you will, because you're not paying that in taxes. Is that right, Danny? Yeah, essentially, Mike, again, it, it applies to the circumstances. And, and as Paul mentioned, there is, you know, if you're not self-employed and you're just trying to put it on your Schedule A, there is a 10% floor, so it doesn't give you as much of a benefit. But uh, that's what I like. He was talking about the HSAs, which is a great idea. 
But yeah, this is providing, so you're paying, let's say $5,000 a year for a long-term care insurance, which it, it probably, I don't know anything about the costs, but let's say you're paying that and then whatever tax bracket you're in, if you're taking it as a full deduction under your business, then you're getting, say you're in the 30% tax bracket, 30% of that is coming right off the top. Mm. So you're getting that back. And mm. it's it's really neat because, um, you know, you're, we're paying all this money in taxes anyways, and this is actually going to benefit you in the long term. Yeah. Now, Paul, let me ask you this, just in relation to designing a plan that's appropriate, what are maybe three or four things that people should be looking at out there? You know, and folks, by the way, at any time, if you have questions about, you know, long-term care insurance in general, please feel free to visit longtermcareadvisors.com. They have a free LTC guide that they've made available. You can just click on that in the upper right-hand corner. If you have any additional questions, feel free to, at any time, uh, visit us at leanonthewall.com. That's leanonthewall.com. Or send an email to info, I-N-F-O, at leanonthewall.com. But, Paul, in relation to the, the planning and design, what are a couple of things that you see or have seen that people need to look out for when they're actually designing a plan if they feel it's appropriate for them? Well, the first conversation is with your financial advisor like Mike. Okay, to sit down and talk about how much of this risk do I want to keep and how much do I want to transfer. Sometimes we're okay with having a 50% off coupon that's for our care when we need it 30 years down the road. Maybe that's all we need is transfer half of the risk where we're comfortable with paying some of it out of our own pocket, but we don't want to pay it all. So let's just say we've come up with that idea because maybe the nursing home is $7,000 per month, but maybe home care is only $4,000 a month. So the first thing we need to do is what's going to be our monthly benefit? What do we want the insurance company to pay? So that's our first thing is choosing a monthly benefit. The second thing is choosing how long we want the benefit to last. Now, we might want the policy to last for two years, three years, five years, maybe 10 years. Because remember, we talked about earlier how long care statistically lasts. So you can kind of look at that and say, well, here's what I'm, I'm comfortable with. And then we want to look at the deductible. You know, how long do we want to pay out of our pocket before the insurance company is going to be obligated? And then the fourth item, because these policies may be 30 or 40 years away before we ever use them, hopefully, we have to make sure that we have an inflation protection feature built into these. And that's going to either be 3 5%, but a lot, there's even more creative ways now to address it with even different types of CPI, where it's tied to a consumer price index inflation, or it's tied to uh, something even less than 3%, or you can buy it as you go along. So there's a lot of different inflation options that you can choose from. Yeah, you know, folks, this is something where long-term care and long-term care insurance in general, the whole industry, a lot of times is misunderstood. And so one of the things that we always caution folks is to get the right advice. You know, re regardless of your situation or where you are, strive to get the right advice. And, and I know sometimes out there, you know, you're in a place where you've maybe gotten the wrong advice in the past or you've been misled or you've been pushed down a, a path that is cause you to take less trust in, in different industries. In fact, you know, several years back, I had an interview, Paul, where I was actually with Liz Clayman on Fox. We did an interview. It's called How to Ponzi-Proof Your Portfolio. You know, now, obviously, that's talking about finances, but it's just the idea of, you know, in the financial world, people are scared. So what I want to encourage you to do is take the steps to take the action you need to get the right advice. And so there's some free tools, again, from Paul's site. If you have questions, feel free to visit that. What are some of the things that you've seen, though, Paul, as well, you know, when people are designing plans, because obviously there's plans that are designed out there that are not right for the consumer. What are some of the things that kind of lead into that, if you've seen in the past, leading into designing an incorrect plan? What are some things people should look to avoid, I guess, is what I'm asking. Well, that's a great question, Mike, because I think the media does a great job 
at portraying this as a super expensive product and that they'll quote someone that, you know, sells one policy maybe and they only sell the the maximum benefits with the maximum inflation and the premium will come back at $10,000 a year and that's what the media will quote. So when I think one of the things we got to look for is designing the right plan is that it needs to be affordable and it needs to be start with that conversation of how much risk are you comfortable with? How much risk of that 7,000 a month, let's just say if that's what it costs right now, are you okay paying with in today's dollars? And then what's the plan in the future? And so if we can design an affordable solution, and what is affordable? I'm just going to throw out some numbers because I think it's good to get an idea of what this might cost somebody. So if you're in the mid-50s and you're okay with maybe having half of that nursing home risk covered, it may cost you about 2500 to 3000 for a married couple to have this kind of protection. And that's annually, right, Paul? And that's annually. Okay, so twenty five hundred to three grand. How about somebody that's maybe in their sixties? I mean, I, I know I've seen plans before that are a little little more expensive, but you know, even if it's four to five thousand a year to get a little more coverage, I mean folks, let's be let's be real honest when we like take a look at this, when we look at this risk, you know, if you say, Okay, I got a hundred thousand dollars of my, you know, portfolio, whether your portfolio is a million, five, ten plus, whatever, hundred thousand dollars of that portfolio is sitting there. And let's say you just take that piece and shave it off and put it into something that consistently is going to get you a decent percentage, that percentage every year is going to be something where the interest in and of itself is going to be enough, should be enough. And that's really how we design it. So that way you can take care of the premium for the care itself. So that way you've taken a piece of your pie, you've carved it out to take care of the premium, you've shifted the risk, and you're good to go there. I, I know a lot of times, Paul, I've seen you know, in my history in the industry and just kind of working with people as we have over the years, a lot of people that have come in that, that are and have been afraid uh, in relation about that because they've heard things or read things out there that were just incorrect. So I just want to take a minute here and talk real quick about the cost of care. And you have a neat little, it's called the cost of care map, I guess, in the country. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that is a great tool when we're planning because we need to know what the costs are today because most of us aren't going to the nursing home every day and checking what they are. <laughs> so I would suggest that everybody do this, is, is go to the cost of care. I'm just pulling up Minnesota, for example, because that's where we're located. And the average cost for a semi-private room here is $83,000 a year. Now, I, know, I don't know how many of us want to go back to college and have a roommate at that point in our life. So I always look at the private room, and that's about $88,000 a year. And if we look at home health care, home health care is about $50,000 a year and assisted living is about $40,000 a year. So those are the current costs. Now, what's nice about this little calculator is we can say, well, we're sitting here today at 50. Let's just project it out 25 years to kind of see what we'll be dealing with. And I just press the button here and it looks like those costs in 25 years will be $185,000 a year for the nursing home. So mm -hmm. if we're averaging a three-year stay, there's a $600,000 bill right there. And if it's a married couple, we're talking over a million dollars. And, and that's, folks, by the way, in order to uh, check that out, it's something I'm going to recommend everyone do just to get some more information. Remember, the right education leads to better results. And we know that. I mean, we have to get the right education so we can do the right things and live well in any economy. That's the only way you can do it. You're not going to be able to live well by putting your head in the sand and that sort of thing. So the cost of care map can be found at longtermcareadvisors.com. There's a little link on the bottom. It says it's a blue link. It says cost of care. Just click on that, and uh, that's uh, Paul's company. And you'll be able to kind of do your own uh, research and fund there. Depending, click on the state that you're in, and it'll give you some average pricing and that sort of thing for the cost of care. But 
Paul, I just want to say thanks for joining us today. It's been a great time. I'm so glad we were to have you on. But folks, before we wrap up, I want to just say one other thing. Remember that if you walk with the wise, you become wise. And if you associate with fools, you get in trouble. Now, hopefully you're not associating with fools. <laughs> but what we want to do is be putting ourselves in places where we can be walking with wisdom, walking with wise people, gaining the knowledge that we need to live well in any economy. And obviously, folks, at any time, if you have questions about what we discussed or to listen to some previous segments, go ahead and feel free to visit leanonthewall.com or send an email specific to info, I-N-F-O, at leanonthewall.com. Paul, thanks again for joining us. And hope you all out there have a great week. We'll have some uh, special guests coming up next week. But enjoy the week, and we'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to The Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. information provided during the wealth and health show is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed always consult with a qualified investment legal or tax professional before taking any action